Sports North Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are your Broncos beat reporters for the Denver Post. We are here recording today's episode of the podcast on a Monday evening. The Broncos just wrapped up their 10th practice of training camp. And news, Ryan, a depth chart, somewhere to start. It means nothing. It means everything. Just tell me something to believe in here. Well, Vic Fangio was asked about a depth chart. He goes, I wouldn't read it because usually it's done by the PR staff. You know, it's, uh, but it's a good talking point, and they're required by league rules to put one out. And it looks like it's pretty down. It looks like it's pretty down the middle in terms of there's nothing that really that pops out as being okay. They're trying to send player X a message by putting a fourth on the depth chart, and you know a guy's been injured, so he's been demoted. But I think it was pretty pretty cut and dry. You know when they let when they put Kevin Hogan as the number two quarterback, regardless of who wrote the depth chart, you sort of had a feeling this is the way they're going to be going Thursday night that Hogan would be the guy. Um, the tea leaves have pointed in that direction throughout camp because he's got. He's got more snaps with the second team than Drew Locke has, period. So I think it goes back to this organizational philosophy. It's given Drew Locke the best chance to succeed is by giving him a soft landing. In their eyes, that means not starting on national TV Thursday night against the Atlanta Falcons on NBC. From that, from that perspective, I get it. From the story perspective, it would have been nice to see Locke out there first. Yeah, and for Kevin Hogan's sake, you know, so much of this conversation has been about Locke and what this means for him. But here's a guy who's really getting a huge opportunity, right? Hasn't played in a regular season game in a couple years. Was in preseason with the Redskins last year before the Broncos picked him up. So if I'm him, this is a huge moment to prove that he can be the number two guy. You know, he's got to be out there and be consistent, like Vic Fangio said. Doesn't have to wow anyone, but I think if he shows in this setting that he can really control and maintain this offense and move him down the field I think that's some pretty stiff competition for from from Locke uh, you know going into to this battle as, as training camp goes on yeah I mean early in camp when Hogan couldn't stop throwing interceptions you figured Drew Locke's gonna get the number two job by default he won't have to do anything just stay upright Kevin sort of has settled his play a little bit and if you're Hogan the natural instinct is hey you want to go in there you want to do your best you want to compete but in the, in the front of your mind's got to be this question Am I competing for number two, or am I competing for, or is it is it number two, or is it number nothing? Right. Um, I don't see the the reasoning of keeping him as a third guy if you feel Drew Locke is be, ready to be one snap away. So, as you said, huge opportunity for Hogan. Haven't seen him play a snap for the Broncos. Got here after the preseason, as you as you pointed out. So, I think uh, I mean the sledding is going to be tough on offense because they they're without bodies. Their depth is young. And they'll be going against defenses in a 4-3 they haven't faced before in practice in three months. Let's stick on offense. And like you mentioned, not a lot of surprises here. We don't necessarily need to go by position by position. You guys can look on denverpost.com. We've got some instant analysis of the depth chart being released, 11 thoughts from Ryan looking at the different spots. But what I'm curious about, Ryan, is we look at this depth chart and we look at Thursday night's game. Anything you're most looking forward to seeing on the offensive side of the ball from some of these reserves? I know it isn't maybe a sexy storyline, but one thing that really stands out to me is who's the person who's making the snaps here? We've seen Connor McGovern struggle out of the shotgun at times, getting that ball up. Uh, right now, behind him, the Broncos currently have listed as our second team, t- second team center and Jake Brendel. How is he able to handle some of those situations? Because as we move forward, I think McGovern has maybe established here that you know this snap issue is, has been prolonged and it's something that we at least have to, to keep an eye on, right? Well, as Vic pointed out on Saturday at the stadium, McGovern had his best day. So maybe he's a guy that just snaps better when the lights are on. 
Brandell is an interesting guy because right now, going into going into the offseason, I thought, okay, they're going to tr- maybe groom Sam Jones to be that backup center. He's on a third-team guard. He's in danger of not making this team. So Brendel is going to play a lot at center because this is why you need a center. Let's say Ron Leary gets nicked up. Connor McGovern may have to move the right guard. You have to put somebody in at center because um, they're not committed to Don Barkley as your swing guard either. So backup center is one thing. Here's And the other thing is, does Royce Freeman play at all? Can he maybe get something going in the run game? I don't expect him to see a lot of them out there. I'd play Noah Fant. I'd play him a lot because right now he's behind guys on the depth chart. He's got to get out there. He's got to show he can block in a game, show he can get open in a game. I think th- these opportunities for playing time could really do a lot for a guy like Fant. Then we'll switch over to defense. How does this inside linebacker thing shape up? Does Alexander Johnson get the start? Does Josh Watson play a lot? I think all of the above. Yeah, it was interesting to just kind of see how these snaps have been divvied out. In the stadium practice, it seemed like Josh Watson ran with that first unit on defense along with Josie Jewell. Today, we saw Alexander Johnson to get more of an opportunity. Like you mentioned, all of the above, but these are guys that the Broncos need to be uh, viewing in really situational football, right? I thought it was interesting what Vic said today. There's going to be times where they might call a play just to test a guy, just to see how they're going to react. So defensively, you know, I'd like to see how Demarcus Walker plays. Uh, you know, here's a guy who should get a huge opportunity to prove what, what he can do. I mean, can you imagine languishing on the bench like he did a year ago? I, I know that you talked to him, you know, being a guy who's a, a healthy scratch all these weeks. Well, now's your chance to, to prove to a new staff that, that you can do something, right? Yeah, and you know, he's gonna, he'll probably start the game at defensive end. Draymond Jones is a rookie. He hasn't really done a lot yet. He's been on the third team, so he's going to get a chance. And then you go, you mentioned Johnson and Watson. I, I think both are going to start because you're not going to see Josie Jewell. The question for the Broncos is, okay, can one of them play nickel or do they want to move Justin Hollins inside in those situations like they've been training him to do? So there's a lot of moving parts at linebacker on this depth chart because last year Vic kept 10. Uh, for the Bears opening game that includes edge rushers outside linebackers inside linebackers so is it five and five Jeff Hollenberg pick it up he's yeah. not doing great on one-on-ones uh, he looks light out there which is not a good thing so right now it's you know Von Miller Dakota Watson and I'd say Justin Hollins with Watson and Hollins does the backups to Chubb and Miller looking at the secondary without starters playing I think we'll get an interesting look at some depth right you know how does uh, a guy like Isaac Yadam stack up against Devontae Bosby in terms of their development who's maybe you know ahead of the other guy there Sua Cravens you know he should get an opportunity to play a, a whole bunch of snaps right another guy in the doghouse last year gets some new life he's been running with that second unit defense pretty consistently throughout the course of camp you see this being an avenue for him to to get in the good graces with his coaching staff and prove that he belongs on the 53? Well, he's got to play special teams, which he didn't last year, which made him an easy scratch when he wasn't playing defense. This team has a, this team has a lot more backup free safeties and backup strong safeties. Cravens cannot be a hybrid linebacker. He's a safety. Do they like keeping him in case they have to move Kareem Jackson the corner for an entire game because of other circumstances? I didn't have Cravens on my 53 going into the camp. I don't think a lot of people did, but he stayed healthy. The games are going to be big for him, remember? He was nicked up last August, came back, played well, but then went under, uh, underwent knee surgery. So being part of the availability family is key for Cravens. 
let's kind of wrap it up on special teams. We appreciate you guys listening to the first and orange podcast. Uh, we know what to expect out of kicker and punter, Brandon McManus, Colby Wadman. Uh, but all eyes are going to be on this return game, Ryan. And, you know, uh, we heard from Tom McMahon, uh, last week that they're going to give pretty much everyone in the building who can return punts a chance to do it, right? Maybe eight or nine guys, uh, Nick Williams. I got another receiver who comes in, uh, just this week who could be a major factor there. If he adapts quickly, uh, any of these guys, Guys, just from the list we're looking at, Devontae Booker, River Craycraft, uh, even Brendan Langley, uh, any of these guys do anything for you or you expect them to, to have a chance to kind of break out? Well, punt returns wide open if you look at the chart because Craycraft is hurt with an OB. <laughs> right. Hamilton's hurt with a hamstring. Nick Williams is not on there. Kelvin McKnight is a quick twitch guy. Can he catch it? Uh, Brandon Langley is an athletic guy, but he hasn't really done it. I'm interested to see Williams. I mean, he just got into town. Um, he was the first punt catcher at Saturday's uh, stadium practice. Langley was second. So I hope Atlanta punts like six times to see yeah. if Tom McMahon uses six guys. And if he does, I'm going to call his butt out next time he's at the podium. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be the best story for you to write, too. I mean, if you're going to write one deal off that, right, something like very specialized on the return game, that, that, that'd be preferable. Yeah, and, you know, Devontae Booker will probably be back there catching kickoffs. You know, those are touchbacks anyways. But, you know, it's – you look at these players here, Langley, Craycraft, McKnight, Williams. Return game's probably their only route to the 53. You know, if one of them wins it, maybe they keep a six receiver, that guy being him. So uh, a lot at stake because they don't do live punt or kick returns during practices, but they do them during the game. So this is their only shot so far. Absolutely. So we appreciate that analysis, Ryan. On that note, we'll sign off for the First and Orange podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, the Broncos will return to practice on Tuesday. Then they will be off Wednesday. Headed down to Canton. Ryan, Mark Kisla will be there covering all angles of that Hall of Fame ceremony, giving you guys a whole ton of content. So we'll be following that as well. Uh, training camp will roll on when that finishes up. And, of course, we'll be back at Dove Valley giving you guys all the news and analysis there. So we'll appreciate you tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out all of our work at denverpost.com you can subscribe to the paper get it sent to your front door we will see you next time